When one tugs at a single thing in nature, he finds it attached to the rest of the world. 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 When one tugs, one tugs at a single thing in nature, he finds it attached to the rest restless, restless world. Welcome to the Tugcast. Skype. It's been five months. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I, I've been looking at when we uh, last re- released an episode, and that was a few months ago. But I think we recorded that episode two months before I had time to edit it. So yeah, it's probably been a good five months. <laughs> wow. How, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Tugcast. Uh, it's episode like 42 or something. And so if you don't know the concept by now, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But here we go. We're roughly every week or so, we try our hand at a social experiment every week or so. <laughs> every every, every uh, half a year. <laughs> every equinox. So basically, basically what we do on this podcast is we try something out for a week. Um, and then we come back and we discuss it between friends. And uh, then we have a, a little B-side that we like to call it, where we review something from pop culture, whether it's a show, a movie, an app, anything review-worthy. Try, try, try to review. Good going. Try to review. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, my name is Johnny Saw. I'm a Montrealer, born and raised. Uh, I have two lovely co-hosts. One's from Toronto, and his name is Mr. Gregory Sam. How's it going, everybody? And uh, one is from Montreal, Mr. Philip D. Hey, live from my car inside the garage of my condo. What's up? Yes. Life, yes. life, dad life. <laughs> yeah, so since we last uh, potted, I think Phil made the announcement that he was expecting a little boy. Uh, well, guess what? <laughs> his, he had him. His, his, his son is now six years old. So. <laughs> just... I, I did announce a little boy, by the way, because we didn't know what this baby was going to oh, be. Oh, that's right. That's right. You, a little baby, I yeah, should yeah, say. Yeah. Sorry. Well, surprise! <laughs> I could bleep it out with an air horn if you want. <laughs> I forgot to prepare one of those segments. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have joined us on a historic evening or afternoon or morning, wherever, whenever you're listening to this, for this is the last podcast of this iteration. We have changes coming in the future, but I guess we'll get to that towards the end. I don't know. What do you guys want to do? Yeah. Uh, how about, how about a, a pod called Dad Pod with you and I, where we talk about our lack <laughs> of sleep and us getting fat. <laughs> so basically, we started this pod, I think back in 2014, there was six hosts and then uh two years after that uh we went we started again uh, but we continued our numbering system after episode six so we basically started from episode seven and i think we're at like 41 or 42 this is uh 43 43 there you go so with me phil and greg uh we've done a good uh, quick math boys uh minus seven what is that that's like Uh, yeah we're at like 36 36 episodes just us three woo Wow, that's that's no small feat, guys. And uh, together we've um, we've had over five thousand listens, and that's a listen counts counts as a full episode. So yeah, more than five thousand people have listened to a full episode, or five thousand times rather. Thanks, mom. So that's pretty good. Thanks, mom. Thanks, Xbox. Uh, Xbox. <laughs> 
Uh, we're very proud of what we've put forth. Uh, there's some changes coming, and we're, uh, we're excited about that too. But one of the main reasons that these episodes aren't coming out is life. Uh, yeah. You guys, you know, when we started recording, we were all just little ones, just little babies. <laughs> and now we have some. Greg's living with his beautiful lady. Fiance. Yeah. Yeah. Fiance. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Oh my God. It's been so long. I actually sort of forgot. <laughs> Congratulations again. This is new for me. Yeah. It's, it's good chatting with you guys, to be honest. It's been a while. So it feels, it feels like I'm right back at home. You know? <laughs> Phil's had a baby. Johnny's how's had a baby. Though? Phil, how's, how's dad life? Um, well, you know, it's it's going to be part of uh, my challenge, actually. But uh, okay. it's it's right. a great, great experience. In all honesty, so, yeah. it's been great. So we started off, uh, you know, just three whippersnappers trying something fun with podcasting. And then life got busy. Life got hectic. And we always made rules to ourselves that we don't let the pod get in the way of our lives. Now, other than challenges, because the challenges always got in the way of our lives most of the time anyway. But uh, the podcast itself was getting quite taxing. So... We had to spice things up a bit, and then what we did is we took some hiatuses. The guys kindly let me have a good three months off when I had a kid. We did the same for Phil, a couple months until he was ready. Uh, but now we're going to be moving forward in another direction, and that's that's something we'll cover at the end of the podcast. So why don't you listen to what we have planned at the end? But to start, we because of a momentous occasion that this is, we decided to go back and redo a challenge of our choosing. And now none of the hosts know what we're actually going to discuss. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to flip a coin or if somebody wants to go first. Uh, but basically, we've all decided on our separate challenges, something that we've done from previous episodes, to redo, to reaccomplish, to see if there was any differences. And then on the B side, we're, we're reviewing a movie that's probably going to win the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to start this off, sh shall we talk about, was it harder to pick from past challenges than it was to just come up with a new one because i know our process to decide a new one sometimes took days uh where yeah. we just kept voting and voting uh i had a really hard time picking a challenge yeah i did too i uh i felt like my thought process was to like go with an uh a challenge that would be convenient and easy to do because life has just been so crazy lately and i figured that's what everyone else would do but when the time came and I like went through the full list of, of everything we've done, I kind of wanted to do something that, uh, I don't know, like that I felt would be a challenge and something that I would love to take a second crack at. Um, ultimately, I ended up sort of going somewhere in between. It wasn't the ultimate challenge, but at the same time, it wasn't like the most convenient. So I, I won't spoil it yet. What about you guys? Similar, similar for me, Greg. I went back thinking I'm going to do... Uh, there's about two challenges that I completely shat the bed on. One was um, learn a new language mm -hmm. and uh, or learn a language in a week rather because we do everything weekly on this show. And the second one was bird watching. Now bird watching <laughs> in Montreal in February in Montreal, I don't know uh, how I'd pull that off. Um, so I was thinking about doing the language challenge. Basically what I'm trying to get to guys is I switched my challenge at least four times, uh, just in the first day. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this for a week. And then I was like, maybe I should just wake up at 5am every morning because my baby's basically up at 637. So if I wake up at five, maybe I could start the day off fresh, be awake before my, my son. But then I'm like, why would I do that to myself? So ultimately I went with convenience like Greg, how about you, Phil? Um, yeah, I, I couldn't decide on anything. I, I kind of had the perspective. We've done so many challenges. It's incredible. <laughs> like, I, I had to go through the spreadsheet and I had a good laugh chuckling at, like, all the stupid ideas that we had put down. Not stupid, but I mean, like, the ideas that we had put down there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I, 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 was, I, was, I had the same mindset as you where I wanted to do something that I had failed miserably at, uh, which I thought would be the languages or... Um, uh, what was the other one? You did the best in the languages. Well, they're, they're, um, sorry, I, I, I just brought this up out of nowhere, so I wasn't ready to talk about it. But another one that I had failed miserably at. And then, I, uh, like you, I, I thought, oh, you know what? I'll do the um, cook, like cook three meals. And, and then I thought about the waking up at 5 a.m. since I don't wake that much later. And <laughs> like I wake up around 6 o'clock anyway, so... I didn't think it would be that much of a difference. Um, mm -hmm. 
and but I, I settled on cooking the meals and then that was just so long ago uh, and quite a bit has happened since that uh, when we did finally settled on this date I started a new challenge which was uh, gratitude journaling because uh, I, I was just in, in that perspective. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing Greg is laughing for the same reason I am. Because I also did gratitude journaling. Really? <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. I did not. I did not. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, so we had a pod where we journaled. Um, I think the idea behind the pod was journal everything. But it turned into just journaling. And Phil interpreted it as um, gratitude journaling, oh, and I always yeah. thought back. I always thought back to how I really liked the way Phil interpreted that, and I need a little bit of that in my life. So that's what I did this week: gratitude journaling. Well, whenever we did the challenge, Jesus, it was like three weeks ago at this point. That's but, awesome. Yeah, yeah, Phil. I think how about you, Gene? Yeah, no. For me, Phil, one thing I think you were trying to remember the sketching challenge is what. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going through the list now, and I was like, that's one of the ones I remember. So I feel like this is one of the challenges and ironically it being the, the final one for, um, you know, this format. I, it's, it's interesting that I ended up feeling like I kind of sucked at it, but we're, and ironically what the actual challenge that I selected was, was no procrastinating for a week. And oh my God. <laughs> I feel like all I did was procrastinate in terms of actually accomplishing the challenge. So I am a, a walking contradiction, but um, anybody it, out there rolling their eyes at Greg Sam, just come live in Canada in February for just a week and you tell me if you get anything done. Yeah. Let, let he who has never sinned throw the first stone. But you know what? You know what ended up happening was instead of me sort of sticking to one challenge, I found myself throughout the week and a couple weeks just being reflective of all of the challenges we did. And there were moments that would happen throughout the course of the week that would remind me of different challenges. And I would like consciously, you know, think to smile in that situation or say yes, as opposed to saying no, all of the above. And so that kind of ended up being what my experience uh, was. Were you avoiding those mirrors? Is that what you were laughing at? <laughs> there was a moment where I had a, a, that's what it was. I had a moment of vanity too, where I was like uh, checking myself out in the mirror and I, I had a thought and I was like, oh wait, I should go the next, you know, X amount of hours without like actually caring about my appearance or looking into a mirror. And so I did that. Hey, future Johnny here um, from the editing future so this is a portion of the program where I spoke about my challenge, but unfortunately the audio was so distorted, I can't use it. I really liked what I said, but you know, that's just the way the pod works, where it's a free podcasting experience, and so you get the crummy results. Anyways, uh, no apologies here, just an explanation as to the abrupt cut. But uh, to summarize, I did gratitude journaling. It was uh, eye-opening to see how negative I was the first time I did this challenge um, the in, in the Tugcast with the boys, we did journaling. Um, I When I did gratitude journaling, it was um, quite different because whereas when I did journaling, it was a lot of negativity looking back on it, uh, just writing about what I was doing with my day, whereas gratitude journaling, you tend to concentrate on the positive, the things you're thankful for. And I go on at length, uh, probably rambling and stuttering and stammering, kind of like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but uh, basically what I was, what I came to the conclusion was, is that it's obvious why religions practice thanks, because it's therapeutic and it's good and it feeds your soul. And um, especially in the experience that I had recently uh, with buying a house and having a baby and having a sick mother and... Uh, you know, a lot of hardships, it's it's always good to remind yourself on what you do have and what you're thankful for. Count your blessings. Count your blessings, folks. So now I will cut back to the good audio portion of the program, which is directly after my um, challenge review. Thank you, Internet Pod Gods. But uh, here's Greg Sam basically summarizing what I said. All right. Peace. See you later. That's, that's impressive. I like that. I like that you took from your experience in the first time 
going through that challenge and kind of added on based on the experiences that we had, which is mm-hmm. really cool. So it's almost like full circle, right? So I, I appreciate that. That's dope. I, I like right. that I inspired it because mm-hmm. I'm all about I'm all about me. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg, would you like to talk about your shortcomings or your chameleon based challenge? Yeah, no, I think uh, I'll stick to procrastination. I think it was an interesting challenge and week for me as I as I reflect back. I think one of the biggest takeaways for me was the idea of consistency. And um, in most challenges, consistency is key. And I think the fact that I had experienced a lack of consistency with this challenge um, created some some interesting moments. Just in that the idea that I was – like the, the fact of the matter is I did, in fact, do the challenge. Like – I got a lot of things done in moments where I was concentrating on the challenge itself, whether it was, you know, laundry, dishes. Um, I'm at an interesting point in my life where um, most recently, like since we ended, or since the last time we recorded, um, unfortunately myself and a number of uh, staff at my, my last job ended up getting laid off based on government changes and whatnot. And so now my day... Fuck you, Trump! <laughs> or basically the equivalent of, yes. Um, but now now my days are, are kind of sporadic. Like, I, I have some part-time work, some contract work that I'm doing. Keeps me afloat. But I have some time where, you know, I'll spend a day at home on the couch applying to jobs, working remotely, that sort of thing. Like, it's not... I don't have that 9-to-5 office routine anymore. And so while I'm working towards getting that... It, it provides me with a lot more free time. So having this challenge kind of fall into that that routine and that pattern, this this new pattern that I've I've I'm faced with, it's like there's so much more time to be productive. And so I think the moments where I was that productive uh, were really eye opening in terms of what I could get done and the feeling that you get. It's almost like there's like um, different. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, chemicals that are released in your body when you, when you find yourself being pr- um, productive. Yeah. And it, it's funny enough, but there's also on the flip side of things, there's like a, a gratifying, satisfying sort of uh, hormone or chemicals that are released when you choose to procrastinate. It's almost like those two hormones, whatever they are, and I don't know the, the chemical breakdown of it, but <laughs> they're they combat each other and they're both just as powerful. So it's like, while this week was going, I was thinking about this, going through moments where I chose to procrastinate and moments where I chose to get things done. And it was just this, this tug of war back and forth that I found really interesting that I never really picked up on prior to this challenge in that week. I, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know what this uh, feeling like. I mean, I'm, I'm a big procrastinator procrastinator but this mm-hmm. feeling that like i just don't know if it ever feels good to to do that though wait to, to procrastinate yeah i mean it's instant gratification like the reason you choose oh, to procrastinate yeah. okay still so, like play video games or to whatever do, it is yeah, yeah, yeah watch yeah. a movie okay. like to not go okay. to the grocery store push it yeah. back till tomorrow like the I, the feeling of postponing something is there's there's a sense of gratification there and it's yeah, it, it was palpable the week that I did this challenge. Let me say that. What was um, you might have covered this at the beginning when I was doing a couple of button and knob turning over here. But mm-hmm. what was the main difference between the first time you did this challenge and now? Uh, I think it was the lack of consistency. I think the first time I did this challenge, I was, I was pretty much on it. Like it was nonstop. I was just getting things done, building things from IKEA, like. Um, uh, I, at work, being at work nine to five, like having a schedule, a regimen and like getting stuff done. Um, my life where I am in life is very different. The first time I did this challenge and the second time. So I think all of those changes kind of led to, uh, less consistency and more procrastination because for me it was easier because it's easier to procrastinate now without that uh, rigid schedule, that routine of the nine to five. Here's my weekday. Here's my weekend. These are my responsibilities professionally. These are, you know, my my choices in my my off time. Like, 
there it's it's very much more sporadic right now. So I'm just balancing that out. You got interesting. You're a part-time yeah. wedding planner. <laughs> <laughs> that too, man. That oh too. wow, that's that's smart, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What's he doing? Oh, I get it. <laughs> Have yeah. you guys? I mean, this is totally off topic, but have you noticed a change in you and your ladies since you guys committed to each other permanently? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's very much, there's more of a team-oriented uh, um, feeling, I guess, in the in the household. Like, the more you commit to each other, I guess the more of a, a team orientation there is, really. Oh, I don't know. What about you guys? I... I sometimes wonder if Jen and I were married, if we'd fight less. And I know that sounds weird, but it's just, we have a child I hate and to we're... Cut, sorry to cut you off, Johnny, but I just <laughs> on video right now. I know. I'm on video? <laughs> no, no I am. Because I don't know if you... Hey, know. look at this guy. <laughs> I, I, I dropped from the call. I accidentally dropped from the call and then I tried to join in. And I <laughs> Everyone's on video. <laughs> How do I get on video? I don't know, guys. This, this is, is so funny. Uh, okay, here we go. Hey! hey! <laughs> Everyone's on video. <laughs> Cheers, boys. All right, no, I'm sorry to cut you off, Johnny. You were saying when you were you were talking about Jen. This is going to be so distracting. I have to turn this off. I'm not All I want to do is, Wi-Fi. I just want to stare at you beautiful boys. All right, I'm turning this off. Um, I don't know how to turn this off. My picture's not that bad. Um, okay. <laughs> that was great. I wish we did that sooner. Um, I guess what I was getting to is um, <laughs> if my lady and I uh, get into really like bad fights, we sometimes go like, oh man, is this working? Whereas when you're married or like engaged, you don't tend to do that, right? Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> you go like, okay, for better or for worse, you're, yeah. you know, we have a child and a home together. So for better or for worse is already there. But I wonder if there's a symbolic thing there. I got to look into that. No, what is that's, this? That's funny. How do you pronounce it? Like is it mariage? Being, being engaged is like your last opportunity <laughs> to have those conversations where you're like, is this going to work? Yeah. Are we gonna? Are we doing the right thing here? Yeah. I, I will tell you guys this. There there is something to be said for standing in front of uh, like people that you're like your loved ones essentially mm-hmm. and taking a vow in front of them. Mm-hmm. It, it it just it, it it takes it up a level. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm that commitment. To it. The commitment yeah. goes up a level because you're like, damn, I like, I'm gonna disappoint all those people too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. When's the but last yeah. time you went up to a divorced couple and said, you made a vow to me? <laughs> <laughs> I never said it, but I've thought it a few times. <laughs> of course you have. All right, Phil. All right, so, uh, you, Greg, Phil? did you have anything to add on your procrastination? I, I want those wedding gifts back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good, Johnny. We can go to Phil. So, Phil, what was your uh, week challenge? It was the gratitude journaling. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was. And... Very similar to you, um, you know. I was, I was, I, I wasn't having like a bad week, but I had, I had like a kind of a. I'm, well, you I'm spent like a, a ha- ton of time away from home. How did that feel? Um, well, yeah, okay. So, so that all ties in together, right? Because uh, initially, I had done the like cooking, cooking three meals, and then you know, kind of trying something new, I guess, in, in that sense, and making things you haven't done before. And, uh, and cooking for me is a challenge because that, that's not my responsibility at home. And I am way, I'm like a one-year-old compared to a, uh, like a professional chef, <laughs> and, you know, with, with my wife who takes care of that usually. So uh, um, just for our listeners, his wife is like pretty much a 10 on 10 professional chef. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And food is our life. So, um, you know, it's intimidating for me. So, so I tried to do that. And then it, the gap between when I did that and the recording was so long. And um, so I couldn't remember all the details. And then when we came up with this, this, like, this day, so I just spent this week kind of going through that. Because last week I was, I was away from home for like four days. 
And then the one day, the one day where I, uh, so Monday to Thursday, I was gone. Then I come back on Friday and we have this baby appointment, a doctor pediatrician appointment. And it took so long. And I was three hours late for work, three hours later than I thought I would be for work. And, um, like I didn't lose it on my family, but when I got into work, I was, I'm usually the happy go lucky guy. And I kind of lost it with a few colleagues, <laughs> not lost it, but I just wasn't myself with them. And like people noticed and, and, uh, reflecting on that all over the weekend. And then, you know, say I, I was thinking of a friend who was who kind of going through a tough time and he, he had mentioned that like, Oh, well, like, uh, you know, uh, I guess I better pick up gratitude journaling like you guys did for that pod. I was like, hey, that wouldn't be a bad idea to, like, do that one again, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, especially with a baby. It's, it's just so so different to, to you know, wake up every morning and you're spending time with um, your, your yeah, your family, your offspring. It, there's just, uh, honestly, the life's, life's been very different. Uh, as it has been for all of us in the, in the last couple of months and mm-hmm. um it's yeah it, there's just so much more to be thankful for now than when we initially did it so i i took that up as a uh, as the challenge in the end because it, it was a lot it, it was felt more introspective and I, I just had more to say about it in that sense um you know a couple of highlights is on back-to-back days i was taking the subway to work and i was trying to get into work earlier and because it's earlier and it, it's more at the peak of rush hour, subway's packed and people do not move to let new people into the subway, even though you can see some space in the corner of like, the subway car. And like at one point, I think it was Wednesday this week, I had to wait three subway, like three different subway trains to come before I could actually get into one. And mm-hmm. usually I would kind of, you know, be pissed about that. Instead, I get into work and I, get into my phone and just start typing about how much I love my colleagues <laughs> or, you know, or just, or get, get a picture of like my son from my wife and like while, while I'm there and I, Oh, isn't he cute? And just write about how, how happy I am about that. You know, those things make such a big difference in your day, especially when uh, we're all grinding it out really. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was my experience. Also for just for this pod too. I mean, um, to be honest, I never thought we would last as long as we did. <laughs> I, th- I thought after five episodes, I-, I thought that was a run. And then it got brought back with just us three. And then I thought we did one season and that was it. Then we did a second season and I thought that was the end of it. Then we do a third. <laughs> and-, and I don't know what this is now that we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> but like ev- everything that we've done has always been fun. Like even when we complain about our challenges like i mean we record and it's a great time you know so a lot to be thankful for yeah yeah like these experiences have been really great everything but knitting oh that was the one (laughs) that was the one i should have redid that you know we had quite a few dark episodes didn't we do like three challenges guys that never made it to the air didn't we do one uh just me and you yeah knitting was one i think knitting was the one but didn't we do like live like a Japanese person, and it never we never recorded? Oh yeah, that's a t- that's two. You know what? We re- we really missed the boat on that because Marie Kondo is just blowing up, <laughs> and, and I had her book. I bought her book like last year. We could have done oh, that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, no. there's one big fallacy just to diverse uh, divert for a second. With uh, Mary Kondo's method, it's like if you hold something and it doesn't bring you joy, you throw it out. Spark well, joy. <laughs> one, spark joy. So when I hold my important housing documents in my hands, it doesn't spark joy. <laughs> Should I throw those out, guys? You know what I mean? I know what the third one was, guys. It was the uh, the ice challenge where we were like taking cold showers and like hype. What, what was the... Cryogenic, oh, that was miserable. We, cryogenic we did, therapy. We Kyle didn't. Was, we didn't record that, that no. or we no. I think we recorded it, but then it it just it got deleted. No, was that? Yeah, it? And, yeah. And we did another one. And yeah. me and Greg and my lady did a pod about uh, get out. 
But yeah. a lot of the comments that I were saying were like a little too sensual, uh, racially insensitive, so we chose not to post it. There's yeah. a lot of time that we spent on this pod that never even made it to air. It's crazy. Yeah. Sure. Man, I, that cold shower one, I remember being so disappointed with that because I, th- I thought we actually had like a really good pod going there. Yeah, that was a good episode for sure. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, guys, it's true. Wasn't there an episode we did twice too? It's somewhere in the cloud. <laughs> Okay, well, so Phil, I think you covered it. You're saying, you know, being a dad now is different from the first time you did the challenge, but is there anything you want to add in terms of the difference to the first time you did your thankful journaling, or do you think you covered it? I No, I think I covered it. I, it's the t- totally different perspective, a lot more to be grateful for. Uh, and also, like, life's more challenging now. Uh, I'm up early. Uh, what are you saying? You're better than me, Phil? No, no, no. no. <laughs> what? what? Did I? <laughs> well, you let me... Your life's more, <laughs> life's more interesting yeah. than me. No, no, it's not. It's not. Really not. But it's more... Uh, it's funny because you just enjoy the simpler, the, the simple things a lot more now. Uh, I bet. I bet. Like, uh, fuck, having a beer on a Friday is just <laughs> the best feeling ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Um Whereas back in the day, it had to be like, if I'm not with four people having shots and we haven't met interesting girls by midnight, this, this week has been a wash. <laughs> I know that Phil all too well. Uh... <laughs> that was dark, Phil. That was... <laughs> So as we pull this huge tugboat of a vehicle into a very narrow garageway, we... Craig <laughs> watched the movie, he knew what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I got, I got that far. Okay, you got that far? Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take this tugboat to Mexico City in the small suburb of Roma. Alfonso Caron's film. Oscar nominated, two hours and 15 minutes, 2018, I'm just reading everything on IMDb page, 7.9 stars out of 10. So we're going to take this time, I don't want to have to redo that, do I have to redo that? That's good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we watched Roma. Roma is a film uh, that was actually made by Netflix, uh, or produced by Netflix, and it's uh, directed by Alfonso Cuarón. Now you guys might remember Alfonso Cuarón from Gravity, that was his big film. My favorite also- movie of all time. Children oh, of really? Men. Yeah, Children, man. Children of yeah. Men. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 gravity. I'm like, well, yeah. okay. Children of Men. Wow, yeah. I forgot he did that. I was actually going to uh, give a second film credit as The Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is a Harry Potter film, but uh, Harry Potter fans, uh, potheads as they're called. No, I'm just <laughs> Harry Potter fans say that uh, that's the best Harry Potter film because it changed the series, whereas like the first two films were very Home Alone made by the director of Home Alone films. Uh, the third one put it in a, like a darker, I'm a teenager, things are scary in the world, and so that set the tone for future directors, so it shaped the Harry Potter films. Alfonso Caron, he, he, he makes a name for himself, I'll say that much. So, I have a feeling I know how Greg felt about this film, and I don't know how Phil felt, I do know how I did, but I think we should start with Greg. Yeah, what do you think? let's start with this. Um, Especially so having said that you did no procrastination this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's no secret that I did not finish watching this movie. I attempted to watch this movie multiple times. Once or twice I fell asleep. Uh, a third time I just didn't want to continue. I felt like there was <laughs> other things I could be doing with my time. And I... I, I think there's a reason behind that. I Oh, gee, let me interrupt you real quick. Would you mind giving a little synopsis if you can first? I mean, yeah. So essentially Roma is, uh, and according to IMDB, uh, the description being a year in the life of a middle-class family's maid in Mexico City in the early 1970s. And so uh, it follows Yalitza Aparicio, um, who is a uh, maid that uh, essentially 
is kind of it's based on Alfonso Caruso's like real life um, upbringing and the fact that he had a uh, a maid uh, growing up in New Mexico or Mexico City, sorry, um, that he had such a close tie and relationship with um, that he felt like he wanted to uh, share that story with the world. Um, and it's really interesting. The one thing I did hear about this um, was that Alfonso wanted to actually um, pay his 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 nanny, his maid, um, uh, based on the screenplay, and uh, the nanny actually refused uh, to accept the, the the money and was like, "I, I basically was doing my job. Um, you you have free will to to share the story. Um, I don't expect compensation." So I thought that was a really cool backstory. Um, and it shows how honorable this main character is um, throughout the course of the movie. Now, of course, I didn't get all the way through. Um, and the reason being for me was I, I felt as though when I watch particularly Oscar-nominated movies, dramas, uh, slow burns, um, uh, subtitled foreign films, I typically have to be in a certain mood, a certain like headspace. Um, and to be honest, I couldn't find a way into that headspace over the the few weeks that we had uh, an opportunity to watch this movie and so as now, much as i tried judging greg at home remember february canada <laughs> as much as i tried I, I i couldn't do it but uh i will say that i felt it was slow i felt that what i heard about the movie going in was the cinematography was astounding the sound design was astounding and those are all things that i you noticed, right? Yeah, like yeah you, they were you, accurate. You felt yeah, 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 they were very accurate. And I, I, I felt as though if I was in a theater, maybe that setting would have put me in a better place to absorb this movie. But watching it on Netflix, on my TV, on any given night, it just didn't do it for me. But I could recognize how brilliant those things were. The storytelling... I didn't give it enough time, so I can't really speak to it. So I'll let you guys sort of take the breath. Well, you, you know what, Greg? Um... I watched this the like opening weekend that it was released on Netflix because I had heard so much about it and because I love Al Alfonso Cuaron mm -hmm. and because I love watching, uh, you know, these Oscar, the best picture nominees usually. And my expectations were really, really high. And um, I, I love the movie, but I don't blame you at all, Greg. It's a, it's a weird feeling because like, as high as my expectations were, I, th I think in the first, you know, 30, 40 minutes of watching this movie, the cinematography and the sound is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I, like, I didn't know what I was watching because they're like when you when you talk about storytelling, there's there's like really no plot to this. But then mm -hmm. at the end of the movie, I, I just felt like, whoa, <laughs> I like I, I liked it. But, you know. You kind of catch like you know with the cinematography and the, the way he he films like i guess he uses like a, a i don't know like a single shots what do you call That's, it yeah. like a single shot steady cam and then like at one point the like he just rotates the camera around the house to capture like sort of the stillness of like an empty house and mm -hmm. and like he just captures like the beauty of um, uh, of the simpleness of life, right? And, and that and... that that not to cut you off, and I'll let you finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's what I appreciated so much about Children of Men. It's that same style that he has with the one shot, steady I totally cam. See it now, Greg, I never would have thought of that. Maybe you're right though. Yeah, but yeah, go on. So like I'm, I mean I love the movie. Uh, I my expectations are really high. They didn't make my, meet my expectations in, in some ways. I actually think this movie is a bit overrated because everyone talks about how it's a masterpiece and a brilliant work of art. Um, and as much as I like it, I, I, I don't consider it that, but when I do, like I did a bit of research and I started getting into the storyline, you know, it, it, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful movie and it's a beautiful, uh, story that that he wanted to tell about his nanny mm -hmm. uh that you know basically raised him and that he felt was as big of a part in his life as his mother and mm -hmm. so he dedicated this this entire movie to her and you know it's 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 beautiful to to think about that especially um 
some elements that he brings into the movie uh just just to put it out there like i've i've stayed i stayed in roma when I, I went to mexico city with my wife and she knows the city very well and she has friends there who who sort of took us around it's it's an like mexico is one of the best places in the world and the, the roma neighborhood and uh the condesa neighborhood next to it are like awesome awesome neighborhoods and um but like w one thing you feel there in Mexico is like the class divide between indigenous culture and uh, you know like other like well, what you would generally consider a Mexican like the indigenous. Yeah, I would argue is the the real story, right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, and and that you felt throughout the movie, and and that was really cool because he Alfonso Coron, you see him, he's light skinned, he looks. Uh, you know, like what a more conventional North American person might look like. And then you, you look at the maid and, 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 uh, you know, she, she's an indigenous and then they speak their indigenous language in the movie. Um, and he also apparently went through 3000, you know, auditions for the lead role before settling on the person that he chose who had never acted before. And yeah, first time actor. Yeah, and he and who's now nominated for best actress, right? And and yeah. he, I think it's the first time since Precious. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And so like this is beautiful. And then he he cast her real life best friend to play oh, the I other. Didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's her real life best friend to play her her best like her the other maid in the house. So apparently, like they would just let them riff off each other and speaking in their indigenous language and like so it came it came out like a lot more authentic than uh no. than See, you know like you would that's expect something it. that was probably These things are on a north american audience though is that when i read subtitles to me i'm reading i don't know you know like at the yeah. very beginning i believe there was a little subtitle card that said this font is this dialect i think i might have missed that because i yeah, do it, think it, the movie it, it did say that but it I, I wouldn't have picked it up, but my wife, who was very fluent in Spanish, pointed out to me that oh no, they're speaking the, the their indigenous language. Like that's not Spanish at all. It's and, not Spanish at all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so you know, for all those reasons, like after, like post watching the movie, you read that, and it, it just makes you appreciate it a lot more. And it's just very uh, it's so personal to him. And through that, it makes me like like the movie more. So, but while I was watching it you don't know where it's going and it's kind of going nowhere uh and and some parts are silly like uh like spoiler alert the dad leaves the family and then he's just in the hospital like randomly all the time <laughs> and like and he's in weird like back shots too at one point like i think she went to the movies with the kids and then you see their dad coming out of the theater with some other woman like things like that are, I, I find were weird to, to add and that whole scene with um and that lucha libre wrestler who's teaching her boyfriend how to train and all the discipline about martial arts and they're joining what seems like a terrorist terrorist group in mexico like that that stuff was weird but i, I guess it just really captures the, the realism of the times back then in mexico city and yeah it's uh it, it's it's a lovely movie it's it's just like i don't i don't know what else to say oh well, uh, aside from one thing i did notice and uh, you know i like on screen and you felt it right away um near the end uh, you know there's there's i i know i ruined some parts but i don't want to talk too much about this but there's like this climactic part where you know uh, no 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 not that but uh with the um you know where, where oh, the family the, sort of expresses yeah where the family sort of expresses their love to each other and then you, the next shot is like the family all hugging and super close and tight knit. Which is the poster of the film. Yes, yeah. So there's that poster of the film where you feel the love <laughs> of the family and you and you feel like the the family has kind of uh, turned it around and is heading in this new direction as like a new unit that has declared its love for each other. But then the kids like just ask her to go prepare ice cream for them or something. And then you you just get the sense like oh well like, no matter how much love how much they love her like she's still the class a servant still there yeah the class divide is still there and she's still yeah. a servant you know and and like it hit me and I felt like I really felt it and I still I still love the kids I still love the family it's just like that's life like that's really it you know like there is just this class divide you know and what kids I felt that 
Phil and kids was... don't see the struggle, right? Like kids don't see adult yeah. struggles. They only realize it when they're older. So, and, and that captured it perfectly. I yeah. Go, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry. I cut you off there. At one point they're all watching TV and laughing and, uh, she comes in, uh, y Yalitza's character. Uh, sorry. Yalitza is no, Yalitza is the actress. I gotta be careful with that. Okay. So Yalitza walks in and she basically kneels to the floor to sit with the family who's all sitting on the couch and yeah. the youngest, the youngest boy puts his head on her shoulder and she like kisses him. And there's very often this relationship between her and the children, especially uh, where they say, I love you. I love you too. I love you. I love you too. And she's sitting down for all of 10 seconds. They're all laughing. And then the mother goes, um, wait, let me get the character name. Well, uh, the main character is Cleo. Cleo. Yeah. yeah. She goes, Cleo, go get the doctor, her husband. Uh, a coffee or tea. Yeah. And then, and then she has to stand up and go get a coffee. But they were all a family for those 10 seconds. And it was it was the maid, it was Cleo, Cleo sitting down and just breaking that class divide. Oh, well, the kids love me. Oh, well, the, 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 the owners of the house or my bosses won't mind if I sit down just for a few minutes. And within 10 seconds, they gave her something to do. That was the class divide moment yeah. for me. Yeah. That was pretty interesting. I, so, I yeah. felt it there too. I felt it there too. You're, you're so you're right. I forgot about that. Um, I I was conflicted with this film. I finished it and was raving about it for a full day, um, and then I saw the release date when it came out on Netflix or uh, when it was released, and it was released in November, late November of 2018, which usually means hey let's win an oscar and i really hate that guys because this was this is an important film now i don't know that it pulled at my heartstrings but visually for the art of film if you know anybody who studied film and what this guy brought to the table in this movie they're going to be teaching with this film for years to come like yeah the beginning of the film starts with tiles in the garage, which pans out and you reveal that it's the garage, but it's just tiles on the floor and water washing down. And it's about, I'd say 10 to 15 minutes of credits that start the film with just a close up of tiles and water washing on them. I so saw that part. <laughs> well, you know what, Greg, it really set the tone for the rest of the movie. Well, there's that's not it. Much, so there's, there's two ways to go from that, that point. Yeah. There's two ways to go from that point. You either roll your eyes back in your head and go, one of those movies. Here we go. It's going to be important. Or you go, this guy had the fucking balls to start a film with the credits, just with water on tiles. And then later on, you find out that the dogs shit on these tiles often and the maids have to clean the shit and hose it down with water. And the fact that the tiles are, you know, black and white, it might possibly represent the skin tones of the racial divide or uh, class divide in this case. So, you know, the shit that washes us keeps us in our family i don't know what's the message <laughs> I, but i think he's i think he did take into consideration all that symbolism and it's oh definitely like, yeah 100%. What, where it's i'm going with it this is brilliant is, like, yeah. where i'm going with this is the one thing that stood out during that long title sequence and i'm sitting there not making a decision yet whether i'm going to roll my eyes and be that person or go this is brilliant i'm just commenting on the fact that i was aware that that's what was happening then I saw extras casting in the credits at the beginning of the movie. And I'm like, why the fuck? Now, I work in the film industry. So I'm like, why the fuck did the director choose to put the person who casted extras at the beginning of his film? That's so not important. Now, I understand. This film uses background performers slash extras, as we call them, like no other film I've ever seen before. If there was ever a time to give an Oscar to a casting director, it's the person who chose the extras of this film. When he pulls out and pulls back and you see 50 to 100 people in yeah. one frame and none of them look like actors, they all just look like people doing laundry, uh, practicing martial arts, uh, riding in the street, uh, working in a hospital... Very often, the main focus of this point is, look at me masturbating with a camera lens. It's a master who, of, of film 
that really knows what he's doing. Now, we give a lot of credit when we talk about films to the directors, but in this case, the, the star was probably the director of photography, um, which I'm trying to find, but at the moment I cannot to IMDb. Maybe one of you guys I, I think find he did it. it himself. You did it himself? Okay. I think so. I think so, yeah. The cinematographer slash director of photography, as they call it, the DOP, uh, if it was Alfonso, wow, man, like, guys, like, just these slow shots. Apparently, there's this round table that happens every year for the Oscars where they choose a category and the nominees sit down and talk about how their life led up to the moment that is that is currently happening, their nomination. And um, this year was the directors, and it was Alfonso Caron telling a story about how they weren't sure they had an ending to this movie because they only had one take to get the last shot of this film, uh, which is a 30-minute shot or something like that. I, I'm, I'm probably butchering this story, but go check out – I think it's a variety that does a, round, a director's roundtable. Okay. But, but basically, they are really lucky that this long 35-minute shot apparently worked out. Because if it didn't, they wouldn't have the end of their film. They would have to rewrite the script. So knowing that, if you go back and watch it, there's some moments where I think, Phil, it might have been the riot sequence, but it could have easily have been the sequence at the beach. But I know that, it's that like riot a, sequence was incredible. Uh, because I don't think he cuts away. I think he goes he with a steady cam through windows and yep. pulls away. Now, Greg, here's the thing. I think this movie will win the Oscar mm -hmm. 100%. I think it deserves to win the Oscar, but I don't know that I enjoyed it. So I think I agree with Phil and I agree with you. There was no story in this film. I, I think we're no all script. on the same page. Yeah, we're all on the same page about this, right? Like there's no, there's no story here. This is somebody who's really good at showing you a story but didn't tell one. Mm -hmm. But if you just watch one thing in this movie folks i wish i had the time code to tell you at what point it was on by the way this is on netflix in case we didn't mention there is a sequence where the father of the family comes home with a really big boat of a car i think it's a baron right is that what they called it the baron yeah, something like that a big Anyways, mu american muscle car yeah big american 1970s yeah. muscle car and yeah. they have a tight driveway and the father has to do all these micro adjustments to get the car <laughs> through this t narrow driveway just the way that he shot that scene that must have took easily three days he showed the mirror slightly bending when it touched the wall he he showed the tire slowly squishing the dog shit that he the had. cigarette the cigarette burning <laughs> the cigarette ashing in his mouth while he's looking in the rearview mirror he showed every angle of this car trying to fit through a driveway and I was just sitting there going, why the fuck is he spending so much time on this? Well, I'm going to give you one quick spoiler, Greg. You didn't seem like you're ever going to go back to this film. No. The, the wife eventually grows to really hate her husband because it's clear that he's never coming back, that he's taken a, a mistress. Well, one day she comes home after she's been drinking and she purposely scratches the shit out of this car in that tight driveway. So you see the exact same shots, but without the... Um, tender care that he took. She is smashing into the wall so hard the tiles uh, are coming off the wall. She's destroying this car on purpose. And so for him to make this excruciating long sequence at the beginning of the film where you see this car being taken so well care of and then for her to go back and to damage the car, this guy's a genius that he thinks of these things. Genius. I would never have spent three days filming a car go into a driveway. You're you're right about that, Johnny, because I never gave it like that thought, but now thinking you mentioning that and me going back to it, like I when she was just smashing that car around, I I like I was cringing. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to watch yeah. and you just see yeah. Cleo, the main character, just like watching her mistress or whatever they're called, I'm sorry, watching her her boss destroy a car and not even make a facial reaction. So the, two two things um I, I like about uh, this movie and like thoughts in general are like it, um, so again there's no plot or no real storyline so the way he filmed it is like you're gonna love my cinematography and versus and no story versus everything that movies are about these days which is like big stars plot twists 
you know, like the, the roller coaster ride. And, and the, the one thing we thing. didn't mention, the whole film's in black and white. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, the, this is the thing, Greg. I like, I don't know. I think if you were, if you watched it, in the, I heard it will, um, it's like a great experience in the uh, same th- theater because same. of the sound. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that it's a theater movie and that. And like on Netflix, he, they like, use the full screen at, in a theater. Like yeah. he he shot a specific. He used a sixty-five millimeter camera lens, which is a right. very wide fish lens. Let's call it a fish. People are goffing at me calling it a fish lens, but basically, it's to show you the scope of the of the scene that he's portraying. Right? So, yeah. yeah. Man, I, what an experience, though. Yeah, I might watch it again now, Johnny. That you you brought these things up, like. Like There's let's some see, moments. Let, yeah, let's see if I can get through the, the this plot. Like, what's your favorite movie, uh, part of the movie, Johnny? Um, I would have to say my favorite part of the. I, I cried a couple times in the film. Uh, my favorite part of the film is the sequence in the, which is part of the poster where, uh, basically something happens in the water and Cleo ha- it comes to the rescue, and it happens directly after a, a, a point where she had a, a very big loss in her life. So saving somebody after she has a loss was a very big emotional point for the character. I like that. I like that they gave that moment some weight. But like I said, guys, what takes away from this movie for me is that it's meant to be an Oscar winner. You know, when it was released, the subject matter, the way it's shot. But he's going but, for it. You know. But I was, I, I yeah. was, I was listening. Uh, sorry, I was hearing about this movie since I would say the middle of the year like it only came out on netflix in november but i think it premiered i don't know if in at the venice film festival okay. well and if that's the, the premiere, case then i i take back my my statement yeah like well, it premiered, uh, I think but i get like it may or like, something johnny's saying it's not a, a black panther for example comes yeah. out in like january Gen- yeah yeah 2018 or whatever and like black panther yeah. might win by the way i wouldn't put it past black panther winning best movie yeah could happen just a lot but, uh, of, this is going to be a crazy year for the Oscars, that's for sure. For yeah. sure. Well, well, folks, I think it's time for us to vote. Uh, but before we do vote, before we vote on our, our uh, challenge that we did and the movie Roma, which we affectionately call the toots, uh, like a tugboat, the tug cast, <laughs> <laughs> one, two, or three toots, uh, why are we making such a big deal about this pod at the beginning? Well, the reason for that is... We're going to have some changes. And the change, which I haven't even shared with these guys yet, uh, is you're both fired now. <laughs> Phil and Greg are uh, taking their leave. They're going to uh, the great beyond. They they have jumped onto a cruise ship and leaving the tugboat behind. Always welcome back, that's for sure. Um, basically, guys, long story short is uh, Greg and Phil especially because of all the schedule constraints. They are going to be leaving the pod. Oh, no, don't leave. Don't go. Oh, no, I love you guys. But, you know, as always, they're always welcome to come back. The one uh, thing I'm changing... Go ahead, Phil, sir. Do you, Phil, do you got any guesses on what the change is going to be? <laughs> well, like, I, I, have, I have, like, the, ro- <laughs> the Roma anticipation in my gut from, like, that final scene in the water. I hired a maid, and she's doing the pod with me. <laughs> Like, is it going to be Briner? I don't know. Uh, okay, so I, I, what I'm I've decided... I'm Jen. I think Jen. <laughs> well, you guys are both right. What I've what I've decided to do is to just change one rule that I think Phil put on was that, like, if you join the pod, you have to um, write a letter to your younger self, which I, I might still keep, but I'm going to loosen that that knot a little bit. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue doing the, t- the Tubcast when, when time permits, but with... A different host each week. So I will get a fresh perspective on the challenges. And I will try my best to have a different host each week, hoping that people will commit and want to record in-house. Because then that will, uh, if people can record in-house, that will remove a lot of the technical difficulties that we had at the start of this. Um, so that's that's the news, guys. And, you know, if I were to have a guest host, well, then if you tune in the right week, it might be Phil. It might be Greg. It might be my maid. But <laughs> the boat's going to keep on tugging. You know what I mean? <laughs> toot, toot. <laughs> toot, toot. So speaking of toot toots, um, I just want to thank my two co-hosts, Mr. Philip Andrew D., who was raised on the South Shore, uh, who now lives in St. Henry and has a little boy. 
and Mr. Gregory Sam, who was raised on the South Shore, who lives with his fiance and still and, acts like a little boy who still acts like a little boy <laughs> i want to thank you both for the time and uh, commitment that you've put into this project that i started many years ago and i cherish the time we've had and i hope it's not the end but if it is i just want you to know that i really appreciate that there's a documented uh time capsule out there on the internet that will always you know keep these this time we had so thank you very much to both of you for that and my applause goes out to you Bravo. Uh, three twos and for each of you yeah it circles right back to both of you guys it's honestly i i don't think this will be the last time anyone hears either my voice or phil's but i do want to say that it has been an absolute pleasure um like just what a journey over the last couple of years um, and the idea that we've got to share so many unique experiences together um, is, is something really special to me. So I, I appreciate you guys, man. Nice. I, I, thanks, Greg. Thanks, Johnny. Nice words. I said what I had to say at the beginning about it being a great ride and appreciating it. So at this point, I'm just going to say, you're never going to be as good without us as you think you will be. <laughs> Don't I know it. <laughs> You'll never, you'll never make it in this business, Johnny. You think you can get rid of me like that? Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out! <laughs> All right, guys. So, should we vote on redoing a challenge or the challenge itself? Uh, is is the challenge redoing a challenge? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think it is redoing a challenge. Is the challenge? So, so you, what, you got what you got you... your episode title right there. <laughs> okay, so how about this? I'll go first. Um, redoing a challenge was three toots for me, and mainly because I got to do a new challenge, which was Phil's interpretation, and I got a lot of worth out of it. And uh, as for Roma, the film, ah, man. You see, the thing is, guys, out of the Oscar films that I always watch before the Oscars, Roma was the first, well, besides Black Panther that everybody saw earlier in the year. Roma was the first out of the ones that I hadn't seen, so I had such a big head about it. I was talking to everyone about it. Now, since then, I've watched uh, Green Book, which I loved. I watched the Vi I watched Vice last night. There's so many films that are so different. So, you know, do you love your child more than your other child? Roma is a fantastic film. It 100%, like I would bet every penny I have, will win the Oscar. Um, but I'm going to have to give it two and a half. I'm taking a half point off just because it didn't stay with me after I watched it about a week and a half ago. I don't know if it stayed with me as much as I thought it did, but a magical masterpiece of a picture nonetheless. So two and a half toots for me. Who would like to pick up the tugboat mantle next? I, I don't see a way that I can't give three toots to both, both the tests uh, <laughs> or both assignments that we had this week. Just because it's the last time and I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta leave on a possible. Greg has no choice now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sticking with uh, what I'm pretty much known for, I will give uh, redoing a challenge three toots just because I thought it was an awesome comparative exercise and it definitely opened my eyes to a few different things that I didn't see the first time. Um, and then in terms of Roma, uh, of what I did see, which was, I, I want to say about like 30% of the movie, um, I'm, I'm going to actually give it three toots based on, <laughs> <laughs> based on cinematography and sound, uh, just not storytelling. And if I finished it, I probably would have deducted a few points, but I didn't. So there you go. Go Perfect. see it. <laughs> go see go see all 30% of it you're never gonna get a review like that without us Jaddy no one better than Greg in the business at not watching movies and giving three toots <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages and sex box sex bots from Denmark thank you for 43 episodes plus and a couple of buoy bonuses we appreciate your time, we appreciate your patience, and we just appreciate you. So thank you to Phil again, thank you to Greg again, and as we pull this tugboat out of the harbor and into the vast open sea, we just gotta say one thing. Whatever life brings you, don't forget to tug your friends along. Toot toot! And then you're gonna throw them over the boat like that?
<laughs> get the fuck out! Get the fuck out! <laughs> Drown, you peasant! <laughs> Thank you, folks. Have a great evening. And be sure to come back for an all new and improved Cast 2.0. <laughs> 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 <laughs>